Hey MKCC, it is so good to be with you today. My name is Neil Cameron. I am the pastor at Apex Church up in Peterhead, the northeast of Scotland. I'm hoping that you'll sort of recognize the accent because I live close to where, where Pastor Billy uh, comes from, although his accent has slightly changed recently. Hey, thank you for inviting me to come and share with you today. I really believe that God has put a word on my heart for you. I trust that you're going to be blessed. Well, there is no doubt that we are living in times of uncertainty. I don't know about you, but what an unusual year this has been. It's brought so many challenges, confusion. You can do this, you can't do that. But one thing I do know is in the midst of uncertainty that God's got it covered. The Bible tells us that he holds us in the palm of his hand and God has a plan and I believe that God wants to use us in that master plan. Like so many churches, what we've all done is we've all had to, to go online to an online platform. And one of the things I've loved about that personally is the encouragement to use the chat, to make sure that in that comment section that you're active, that we know that you're watching, that we know that you're listening, that we know that you're engaging. It's one way that we can encourage community. And one of the things that, of course, we do at Apex Church is at the end of our service, when we give the gospel appeal, we always encourage people that if they have responded to that invitation, that they would put in the chat, I said yes. I've been thinking about that so much lately. And I actually want to talk on that subject. I said yes, the invitation. No, I'm not just talking today to people that have responded to Jesus for the first time or made a recommitment. I'm actually talking to you, Christian friend. Yes, you, my brother, my sister. Because I realized something that when I gave my heart to Jesus, there is an invitation to get involved in God's plan. And I believe that God is always working on something. Therefore, God is always begging a response from me, am I going to say yes? And I want to look at the scripture. You'll be familiar with it. It's from Luke chapter 5. It's, it's well known. Uh, I'll read from verse 1. We read these words. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled the partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at his knees, at Jesus' knees, and says, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. 
Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. I think you're hard-pressed to find a more powerful word in the English vocabulary with three letters than the word yes. It's impossible to count the blessings, the opportunities, the destiny fulfilled just because we said yes. Sometimes we'll say yes and we'll know the outcome. The, the other day there, my wife said to me, hey, Neil, would you like a fish supper? Oh, I love fish and chips. The best fish and chips is here in Peterhead. That's my personal opinion. And of course, I said yes. I knew what the outcome was going to be. It was going to be an enjoyable meal. The truth is, sometimes we say yes, and it's really a step of faith. We don't know what the outcome is going to be, and yet we respond in the affirmative. We say yes all the time at a place of work, to tasks. Our, our children will pull at us, Mommy, Daddy, can I do this? Can I do that? Yes, yes, you can. And of course, we are reminded in the Bible that the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And I believe that for all of us, continually, there's this divine invitation to respond to the voice of God in the affirmative. Uh, when my sister Wendy, when her daughters were young and would be in church, if her daughters were up to mischief, and it was very rare, let me add that, my sister Wendy would simply cough. <coughs> and immediately her daughters knew that they better respond to the very cough of their mother. The funny thing was we got so familiar with it that everyone in the room knew exactly what was happening. The ability to discern the voice of their mother. And I believe that one of the things that God really wants to do in this season as maturing Christians is to be able to discern his voice and respond to his request. Will you say yes to God and no to the flesh? Because I'll tell you what, folks, it deals with our double-mindedness. Saying yes to God is saying no to the flesh. It's saying yes to God's way, yes to God's will, yes to God's request. And by the way, it's never enforced. It's always requested. And in the context of the scriptures I've read here, Jesus is talking to Peter. He has tremendous plans for Peter. And I guess for us, we know his story so well. We've read this story. We've heard so many sermons on the life of Peter. We have the benefit of actually being able to go to the end and work back to the beginning if we so choose. But here in Luke 5, that's not the case. It's, it's almost the beginning. No one knew in Luke 5 that one day, Peter was going to be the great apostle. One day, Peter was going to be a leader, a pillar of the church. One day, Peter was going to preach such a great sermon that 3,000 people were going to respond. Nobody knew in Luke chapter 5 that his very shadow was going to heal the sick. We were introduced to him simply as Peter the fisherman. And Jesus comes with several requests. He first says to Peter, Peter, can I use your boat? Peter, I, I need to minister to this crowd. And I need to just get out a little bit. I need to distance myself so that they can see me and hear me. Can I use your boat for the work of the kingdom? Then he says, will you launch out into the deep? 
And he says, Peter, will you let down your nets for a request, for a catch, sorry. Now, here's the amazing thing, that this request, initial request of Jesus, was part of a bigger story. Yes, my friend, it was part of God's ultimate plan. You see, I personally believe that we all have a place in the masterpiece of God, the master plan of God. There is a, there is a part, a piece that's solely designed, my shape, your shape. Yeah, you may think, well, why do I go through trial? Why do I go through difficulties? I'll tell you why. Because God is shaping us and molding us and fitting us for his master plan. God has a plan. He's not working on a plan. He's not reaching out for a plan. He's not reacting to a plan. No, the good news is God has got a plan. Because of his foreknowledge, God is able to go to the end and work back to the beginning. God's plan is already decided. And because of his sovereignty, God's already been there. That's why I said what's amazing that when he asked Peter, Peter, can I use your boat? Jesus knew what history was actually going to write about Peter. But Peter didn't know that. You see, because God is sovereign, he's not reacting to COVID. He knew that there was going to be COVID. He's not reacting to the news like we do every day. He already knows every single detail. God is working on his plan. Ephesians 1 verse 11, listen to these great words. In him... Also, we have attained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Here's the truth of the matter. God is working on a plan. That's why I love that song. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Even when I can't see it, he's working. Listen, God's got it. And because God's got a plan... He's working out his plan. He invites us to be part of his plan. And he simply says to Peter, Peter, can I use your boat? And he was waiting for an RSVP from Peter. Peter didn't realize that by responding and saying yes, it was going to open up a door to an incredible future. Can I use your boat? You know what he was saying? Peter, can I use you? And I believe that that's what God is saying to every single one of us today. I want to use you. I, I, I've got an incredible storyline for you. But I'm waiting for an RSVP. You know, one of the things that, that I have the great honor of is often I'm asked to conduct a marriage service. The young couple will, will call or they'll come to see me pre, pre-COVID. This is, Neil, we would love if, if you would be it our marriage, and we would be honored if you would conduct the marriage ceremony. Ha, of course, I, I say yes. What is so interesting is that I eventually get an invitation. They're looking for an RSVP. But they already know what my response is going to be before the invitation is actually sent. And I believe that's how God works with every one of us. Uh, that, that's God's sovereignty. That's God's foreknowledge. He knows how we're going to respond. Therefore, he has already written a narrative for our life. And it is absolutely so incredible. 
You see, I actually believe it's more about our availability than our ability. Listen to what Corinthians 1 verse 27 says. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Can I use your boat, Peter? And I believe that God sent to every single one of us, can I use your story? Because every one of us have a story. Some's good, some's not so good, some's full, been full of mountaintops and joyous experiences, and for some it's been a difficult journey. But if you will allow him in God's master plan, can I use your story? And I think that when it comes to our story, three things that I want to cover real quickly. Because I believe that God's asking some of us today, can I use your failures? <laughs> yeah, come on. Have any of you messed up? Have you ever got it wrong? Have there ever been disappointments? You see, we read at the end of, of that scripture that I read to you of, of the great catch of fish that they had. <laughs> Don't you almost wish it could just stop there on the, on the success? But the truth of the matter is, yes, one day Peter was going to walk on water, but we also know that one day Peter was going to sink. We know that one day Peter was going to preach an incredible sermon on that day of Pentecost, 3,000 responding. But we also know that Peter was going to deny the Lord three times just because a slave girl said, aren't you one of them? And I don't know about you, but in my story, there's a lot of embarrassing bits. There's, there's a lot of parts that, that I wish that people didn't know, that I'd like to keep hidden, that I don't want people to, to know about because, because some of it is, is shameful. But here's the truth. God can even take our failures and use that as an encouragement that even when we've got things wrong, God can weave them into his master plan. That's why when it comes to responding yes to God, God is looking for more than a shallow yes, a seasonal yes, a, a selfish yes. God, God is looking for a yes that means, God, whether I have good days or bad days, whether everything's going great or whether it's challenging, God, I still want to be used by you. Please make me part of your great story. The other day I was on my treadmill and, and just before I got on it, it had been a busy day. I was weary. I was tired. And I remember even thinking before I got on the treadmill, oh, this is going to be difficult today. This is going to be tough today. And you know what? I spoke into my own negativity. It was the worst run I had had in months. Literally after five minutes, I was exhausted. When I came back into the house, uh, uh, the boy says, how'd you get on, Dad? I says, oh, it was terrible. Do you know that that bothered me the whole night? What went on there? Well, you know what I did? First thing the next morning, I got back on that treadmill, and I determined that I was not going to be reminding myself of the failure of yesterday. And I got on that treadmill, and you know what? I had a great run. Why? 
because I wasn't going to be defined by my failure. In fact, my failure spurred me on to great success. You know, we read about Peter that when Jesus called him here in Luke chapter 5, what was he doing? He was washing nets. He hadn't washed his nets. He wasn't beginning to wash the nets. He was washing his nets. In other words, it was a work in progress. And I think we need to realize that for all of us, in the midst of our, our failures, we are a work in progress. It does not disqualify us from God's great story. Then here's another thought. Will you allow him to use your pain? That's a tough one, Neil. We've all gone through situations that's, that's messed us up, that's, that's caused us to have sleepless nights, the, the deep pain of things that we can't even share with anyone else. Peter said, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. In other words, I'm tired and I feel like a, a failure. I don't know if I can, can go on the pain of yesterday. And I believe that God is saying to every single one of us, I already know the pain that you've experienced and the pain that you're going to go through. But guess what? I'll weave that into my master plan if you'll allow me to use your pain. I wrote this down. Don't give up when you mess up. If you hit the wall, look for a handle. You know, if your kids fall down, you know, and they're crying, I've hurt my knee, I've hurt my leg. Here's what a mother or father will do. They will encourage the child to get up. In the midst of the pain, don't lie down to your pain. Get up. We all experience pain in life. We all go through brokenness. Everyone has drama in their story. I was reading recently about when a snake sheds its skin. It's, it's a very natural process, but very stressful. And, and I was actually reading about shedding problems. And listen to what it said. One of the things that can cause challenge to a snake as it's shedding its skin is injuries to the skin, including old scars. Did you get that? Old scars from previous injuries can cause that snake pain coming out of the old, listen to me, coming into the new. But what that snake will do, it will, it will try and wedge itself between a, a hard place, a, a couple of rocks, because it knows that it's got to push out of the old to come in to the new. And that's what we need to do. We can't just sit in our pain. We've got to push past our pain. And will you allow God to use your pain? The other day, I was, I was with my wife, Phyllis, and I, I looked at her phone, and, and I noticed her, her screen was cracked. And as I looked at that, I, I, I thought, my goodness, that's like so many of us. You know, somehow we've fallen. Somehow we've got it wrong. Something's hurt us. Something's come against us. Something has happened to us. And, and I looked at that screen, and I said to my wife, why don't you get that replaced? It, it, it looks quite a mess. She said to me, what do you mean the screen doesn't need to be replaced? She says, didn't you know? She says, I have a screen protector on it. She removed the screen protector. The screen was fine. 
And I believe that God was beginning to speak to me and he was saying to me, in the midst of your failure, in the midst of your brokenness, regardless of how it looks to others, I want you to realize something. I've got you covered. Will you allow God to use your failures? Will you allow him to use your pain? But my friend, will you allow him to use your success? You know, when there was that great catch of fish, there was so much that, that Peter had to call James and John to come and help them. There was almost like a, a ripple effect. And I truly believe that when you say yes to God, there can be a ripple effect. We will never know how our yes will affect others. One of my favorite movies, everybody knows this, is, is It's a Wonderful Life. It's, it's an old movie, black and white. It's quite a long movie, but the main character, George Bailey, he has the opportunity to see what life would have looked life like if he had not been alive. He was able to see the effect and the influence that he had on so many people and so many uh, uh, circumstances. The truth of the matter is, most of us will never have that opportunity. We can't, maybe won't see the results of our yes to God. And maybe you wonder if you're even making a difference today. But I want you to understand, earth may not reveal it, but eternity cannot forget it. You'll never know the impact that your life can have because you say yes. So for Peter, it started with a boat. And for us, I believe it starts with our story. <laughs> and God's saying to us, can I use your failures? God's saying, can I use your pain? God's saying, will you allow me to use your success? But we have got the RSVP. You know, the incredible thing is this. Jesus didn't need Peter's boat. Come on, folks. He could walk on water. But he chose to invite Peter to be part of the great story. I love Jeremiah 29, verse 11, when we read these words. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And that's my prayer for you today. I'm praying that you are so aware of the great plan of God that you would say yes to his invitation to get involved in what God wants to do through your life. Can I pray for you right now? Can I pray for you that, that God right now through his Holy Spirit would just begin to speak into your life and into your world, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever challenge is happening right now, I pray by the power of the Spirit of God that you would say yes I'm not trying to minimize your failure, your pain, and your sorrow. But what I want to say is this, that if you will allow him what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around for your good. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, let your people arise. Let them take their appointed place. And may they say, I say yes to the invitation of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.